Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. Here's Money, Riches, and Wealth. And uh, my co-host, who I can't necessarily see because I'm having a little bit of tech problem and have to do this via cell phone instead of the usual connect direct to the station, uh, it's Christopher John O'Shea, I believe. Chris? Yes, it is. I am here, sir. I am here. Good to be with you. Ah, it's good to be with you. I don't know why I'm having tech problems, but I am. So i uh, just uh, going to have to do this by cell phone tonight, Chris. So, yeah, well, that's still technology's working. I mean, AT&T is uh, going to reimburse people for five bucks for the day that they lost service. Yeah, well, Last week. this one happens to be a personal one on, on our end. I don't know why. But gotcha. I haven't been able to figure out why, but it's solely me, <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know why. So gotcha. We'll, well um, it is uh, coming up on the last day of February. We're full into tax season. We uh, we have no callers online, Drew. Well, we haven't told them that we're doing a, an on, uh, open show tonight, so uh, we're doing an open show tonight. That means... You, the listener, get to call in and ask any question you want. So if you want to call in and ask a question, uh, you know, just give us a call, 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question. And there's lots of great questions you could talk about. You know, you could ask questions on Social Security, or you could ask questions about tax returns and tax issues you're having and you know, as I talking to Sean this morning, there's still plenty of things you can do to possibly lower your taxes for 2023, even though it's 2024. They're, they're not as abundant as if you did it during 2023, but there are some potential things you can do if you know how the numbers, what the numbers look like, and then look for the ways to get it down below those numbers that you want to get below. Maybe you want to talk about taxes. Maybe you want to talk about your 401k, estate planning. Maybe you have uh, an issue with elder care, you know, an elderly parent or something who needs uh, medical care and it's going to cost a lot, a lot of money, you know. So whatever your topic is, we're here to help you with it. 410-922-6680 is the way to call in. Yeah, Drew. So with uh, just giving out that number, it looks like we've got uh, two or three people jumping on the line. First up, we've got Sean, then we're going to go to Tom after that. So we've got Sean in Severn. Sean, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Uh, my question is for Drew. Where does he see bank interest rates going this year? I, I, I'm reading everywhere that they expect them to go down. Uh, what does he think? Well, it depends on what bank you're referring to, Sean, because many banks are already at zero. And they don't care that they're at zero as long as people keep leaving their money there. Um, so, uh, but the online banks, you're yes. probably you're probably close to a peak in online bank interest rates four four and a half five percent. You're probably close to that. 
But I don't expect them to go down too much this year if they do go down. I think something in the 3 to 5% range is going to be here to stay for a long time. Oh, okay. Do you, do you think it's wise to uh, take a uh, two or three or four-year uh, CD at this time at 3.5%? Uh, uh, you know, I would never take it at 3.5% because you could easily get 45 to 5% for that type of time frame on a CD. Um, you know, I mean, what, what is it, Chris? You can get almost five on a two-year treasury bill or treasury bond, right? Sure. Treasury note. Um, so I wouldn't accept three and a half any, in any circumstance. But if you could get five locked in for a couple of years, I don't think that would be a bad thing you would do. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. But, but I wouldn't uh, go for anything less than five, Sean. Otherwise, I would just leave it sit in the... the Money market funded 5%. All right. All right, great. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Sean. Good question. Okay, we've got three callers right in a row here. So we're going to go to Tom up next uh, from Towson. Hi, Tom. Uh, Hi, gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Um, Can you talk about the pros and cons of bonds versus bond funds, be they ETFs or mutual funds? And then I have yeah, a second well, question after that. The beauty, the beauty of bonds individually is that if you make a mistake on the interest rate, so in other words, you like Sean, you went in and locked in at 3.5%, let's say, and then next thing you know, six months down the road, they're 45 5%. You know, an individual bond will mature back to its original investment, whereas a bond mutual fund, when interest rates go up, the bonds in the fund go down. When the bonds in the fund go down and people start to liquidate that bond fund, the bond fund has no choice but to realize those losses. And then all the people who stayed put in that fund will start locking those losses in. So that's the negative to a bond fund as opposed to an individual bond. But the opposite is true, too, that a bond fund when interest rates go lower, a bond fund actually works in the reverse now. The bond fund, as people liquidate and they lock in the gains, it just keeps getting you know, more and more gains as, as interest rates keep going down. And so a bond uh, fund can actually work better for you in a lower interest rate environment. than, uh, But in a higher interest rate environment, bond funds are a uh, uh, you know, a serious problem. Hey, Tom, I know you've got another question. We've got a traffic that we've got to go to. Can you hang on? Okay. Yes. Okay, great. We'll uh, pick you All up right, on the Chris. back end. So right. take, take it, it away. Traffic. Hi, this is Drew Tignanelli, host of Money, Riches, and Wealth. There are two main personal finance issues. How do I reduce taxes, and when can I retire? The Financial Consulate is passionate about both. My personal passion is reducing your tax liabilities because I believe tax laws are illogical and complex. I relish in helping you legally reduce taxes. It delights me and my team to help you retire and remain confident throughout your retirement. Robust retirement planning software and our comprehensive knowledge can build the assurance you need to plot out your retirement goals. If you have one million or more invested, including company plans, then we will do a tax planning analysis and retirement plan projection at no cost. If tax savings and retirement are your main concerns, then call 410 823-7283 
That's 410-823-SAVE or search Financial Consulate. That's consulate like an embassy. Let us show you how to lower your tax liability and confidently prepare for retirement. Back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. And we're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're on an open show. And if you want to call in, we have lines open, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680. Let's get back to Tom's question there, Chris. Sure. We've got Tom Lou, and Steve hung with us. Uh, hi, Tom. Thanks for wait- waiting through the break. Second question. As a retail bond investor, I want to buy individual corporate bonds. Isn't there some database, and, and my retail brokerage you know, has given me a price, isn't there some database where I can tell what that brokerage paid for those bonds you know, wholesale and what their markup is to me retail? Well, they're supposed to tell you that. You know, absolutely, and it's a requirement that they tell you. So you have to disclose that under. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you ask them, they have to disclose that. You have to ask them. Okay. Well, you have to ask them, but yeah, that's a problem with the bond market, though, is that unless you have sophisticated uh, uh, tools to do it with, it's it's difficult to get the the wholesale prices of bonds on a daily basis and so forth. You know. Yeah, I don't know if I'm getting a good deal or not, you know. So. Now, I understand. That's part of the problem with uh, the individual bond market. You know, now, you know, there are ETFs you can buy that are like bullet funds. You ever heard of them? No, I have not. And Chris, you want to tell them about the bullet fund? Uh, you know, so it's sort of like owning an individual bond. Right, so they're going to own a maturity of one particular year. So you don't have the exposure as much as what Drew talked about with when if rates go higher, you're not going to hold this for years. Right. You're going you're gonna to have it at the end of the year. And in fact, if the money goes into the funds later in the year, they're just going to buy money market anyway. So it just has a maturity of a specific year. Okay, right. bullet funds. Can yep. you also use them for income? Yeah, I mean, they play the same income as whatever bond you're going to choose. If you chose a five-year bond, whatever income it's paying, this five-year bullet's going to probably pay almost identical rate of return. And and who is the custodian? I mean, is it a particular company called Bullet? Is it Invesco that does those, Chris? Um, Invesco does the corporates. Yes. That's what he was thinking about, his corporates. Invesco bullet funds. Just look up. ETF bullet funds, bond B- bullet funds. B-U-L-L-E-T, right? Right, like a bullet in a pistol. You know? Right. Thank All you right. so much, guys. Great show. All right. Thanks for Take calling us, Tom. Take care. All right, we've got Lou up next in Roland Park. Lou, hi. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Um, I've been listening to your show for quite a long time, and yeah. I've never heard you ever discuss uh, prenuptial agreements whether he is them against them and the pros and cons well you know a prenuptial agreement is a critical uh, tool to use when you're getting uh remarried and you have concerns about um you know now we personally prefer them when you have concerns about estate planning 
if you have concerns about the longevity of your marriage, I'm say, I'm thinking to myself, what's the benefit of a prenuptial agreement? Why don't you just not get married, you know? And uh, I've been a big proponent of the fact that uh, you should be able to get married in the, God, the eyes of God and not married in the eyes of the government if you choose to. Or you could get married in the eyes of the government without the eyes of God if you want to also. You know, you could do that right now, but you can't get married in a, in a church without having a government uh, marriage at the same time. And so, uh, you know, if you're, if you're getting married, a uh, prenuptial agreement is critical, uh, especially for the estate planning, but if you're concerned about the longevity of the marriage, I've seen situations where clients have, have done a prenuptial agreement and the marriage fell apart, and that prenuptial agreement saved them um, a ton of money, you know, because of that prenuptial. So now, for, I'm now, a big for, proponent of them. For, for the kids, um, if you have a trust set up, uh, that, would, uh, that would be on the outside of a prenup, right? That wouldn't affect the prenup. Well, you you know, that's an interesting question. Um, In Maryland, my answer to your question would be yes, but there are states like Connecticut who have actually attacked the trust that you inherited from your parents, and they have tried to make it into a marital trust, and they've been successful a couple times. So you have to be careful about your trust as to how it's worded. And my, you know, history is that these liberal states from the north tend to infiltrate down to the south sooner or later. So what happens in New York and Connecticut can become common in Maryland also, where they say, oh, Lou inherited a million dollars from his parents and it's in a trust, and now he's getting divorced and he doesn't want to give any of it to his his spouse. We think he ought to give some of it to her, and this is why. Wow, yeah. Uh, you know, you have to be careful how those things are worded, who your trustees are, and what you're concerned about. So, yes, so the trust does protect you in Maryland you right now, but okay. be careful. If, with if you had an existing trust already and you were getting remarried, you would uh, look over that trust again and have a lawyer reword it if need be. I couldn't hear that, Chris, for some reason. Um <clears throat> He was just talking about have uh, have a lawyer look over see if it needs to be re- rewarded. Yeah, but you know here in here in Maryland, I I haven't found a lot of attorneys who are very concerned about what's happened in Connecticut and so forth. So, you know, they act like it's not a problem in Maryland right now. So why worry about it? So okay, I disagree. Okay. I would say, you know, think about what's happening in Connecticut and places like that, and make sure your trust is. Uh, is done properly for your children, especially. You can't do anything if it's already your will, your trust. Uh, it's hard to correct an irrevocable trust that you've already inherited. Okay. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Great. Right. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Good, good question. Okay. Uh, we have uh, several open phone lines. We've got uh, that's four one zero nine two two six six eighty four one zero nine two two six six eighty. We're going to go to Steve right now. Steve, hi. Welcome to the show. Hello. i got a few questions for you okay. in reference to stocks and taxes. I'm relatively new. I have a couple different platforms, okay? Um, I've always been told well, I'm mostly a 
dividend investor, okay? So most of my stocks that I do have are dividends. There are some um, stocks that I have that are not. Anyway, they're not doing so well. I'm in the hole minus on them. And I was wondering, and also other, some of the dividend ones that I do have are have reverse split and they're losing value. Would it be okay or would you recommend selling those stocks because I've made just shy of $4,000 this year just on dividends? So I didn't know if that would help help out with the tax purposes of that. I'm not I'm not very familiar at all with the taxes. I've always bought and kept, but I don't know how the taxes and if I sell at a loss, how that affects it. So the um, the uh, if you sell a security at a tax loss, okay. So let's say you have five thousand dollars in losses in all of your stocks, okay and you sell them all, and you realize the $5,000 of losses, the only amount of that money that's going to be able to offset the dividends is $3,000. You can only use $3,000 of losses per year to offset other income, and other income includes dividend income, uh, you know, interest income, wage income, et cetera, et cetera. You can use all of your losses to offset capital gains. So if I have 20000 of capital gains and 5000 of capital losses, I can use the full 5000 to offset those down to fifteen. But if I don't have any other gains, I can only use losses to offset 3000 per year of my dividends and other income. Am I making that clear? So I can only use $3,000 of losses, is what you're saying? To, off, to offset other income other than right. gain, right? So, o- so only sell off up to $3,000 of the different stocks. So, okay. Yeah, yeah and right. pick the ones. And remember, don't do anything just because of taxes. Do it because mm-hmm. it's economically wise. In other words... I don't want to own this stock anymore. I don't believe it's economically wise to own this. True. Just to interject, so we only have 10 seconds. It's still 629. So we just have to sell it. All right? I got to okay, all right. a hard Thank break. You very much. Thanks, That's Steve. All right, great. Okay, yeah. we will be right back with Money, Riches, and Wealth. Hi, this is Drew Tignanelli, host of Money, Riches, and Wealth. There are two main personal finance issues. How do I reduce taxes, and when can I retire? The financial consulate is passionate about both. My personal passion is reducing your tax liabilities because I believe tax laws are illogical and complex. I relish in helping you legally reduce taxes. It delights me and my team to help you retire and remain confident throughout your retirement. Robust retirement planning software and our comprehensive knowledge can build the assurance you need to plot out your retirement goals. If you have $1 million or more invested, including company plans, then we will do a tax planning analysis and retirement plan projection at no cost. If tax savings and retirement are your main concerns, then call 410-823-7283. That's 410-823-SAVE or search Financial Consulate. That's consulate like an embassy. Let us show you how to lower your tax liability and confidently prepare for retirement. Now 
Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're here on uh, Open Show. Christopher John O'Shea, there in station. I'm having technical difficulties on a cell phone talking to you tonight. And uh, if you want to call in and ask a question, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680. If you want to call in and join the show and direct the conversation into a topic that is most important to you. So 410-922-6680. Anybody online, Chris? Yeah, we do. We have uh, Billy and Mark, and then a third person is calling in. So let's go to Billy in Essex. Billy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks. Great. Great. So quick question for you. I have two retirement accounts outside of the one that I have at work. So one is with um, Mass Mutual and the other is with T. Rowe Price. And the two of them combined are about, I guess, at 160000 So I was wondering, do I leave them where they're at, or do I combine them with my work 401k and just put it all on one account? So let me ask you, do you is your household income above 250000 or below 250000 Below. Below 250000 So I would probably keep it outside of your 401k. Um okay. You know, and uh, that way you get your greatest flexibility. But I would find a, uh, you know, a place to consolidate that will be cost efficient to you and will give you ample investment choices. None of the two, well, T. Rowe Price isn't a bad choice. Uh, they're, they're not necessarily cost effective, but they do a good job. Okay. I would consolidate. I don't like, I tell my clients all the time. Do not keep your money scattered all over oblivion, you know, because if something happens to you, somebody else has to go in and clean all that up in order to manage okay. it. So you might be able to handle it, but if something happens, it really is a mess. So get it, get it consolidated somewhere. In today's world, you don't have to worry about keeping it consolidated, and you normally can buy any investment you can buy somewhere uh, in Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley, you can buy at Schwab or Fidelity. So there's hardly any reason to keep it uh, spatter, splattered all over eternity. So with the two accounts, combine them and check with, you said, Merrill Lynch? Or no, no, no. Who no. Else did you- no, stay with a cost-effective company like Schwab or T. Rowe Price or Vanguard. Those are your better choices. Those are the types of places that the average person should be keeping their money with. Okay, so through work, we do, that's what my 401k is, Vanguard through work. Yeah, well then, go and get a Vanguard account uh, personal and consolidate your T. Rowe and your Mass Mutual with them. Now, I don't know what you have with Mass Mutual. Mass Mutual is one of those companies that you could have surrender charges and all kinds of things on it to prevent you from taking it from them. I don't know. Ha- what do you have okay. with them? I'd be honest with you, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> um, I have no idea, you know. Well, That's, you know, then... I'm not money-wise that way. Yeah. Well, you'd probably be wise to talk to Vanguard and show them what you have, and their their agents will tell you honestly what you have, and... And if there would be penalties or anything like that to leave them. Okay? Okay. Okay. 
appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. Great. Okay, right. thanks. Good thanks for calling, Billy. You're- yeah. Okay, we've got Mark in Ellicott City. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Can you hear me? Yeah, sure can. Yeah. All right, good. Hey, question for you. I'm I'm trying to purchase a home. You know the way the market is right now. It's a little crazy. Everything's accelerated. But we're coming up a little short on cash. I'm, I was thinking maybe I should take like hundred grand out of my retirement fund. Um, but I'm hearing there's some big stiff penalties and Maybe that's not the best thing to do. So, little little thought on that. No. So you're buying another home, is that correct? No, I don't have a home at the moment. I'm we're staying with my daughter. Okay. So you're buying your first home, right? Correct. So I would talk to your company and ask them what you can borrow from your 401k to buy a personal residence. Now, the typical rule is you're only allowed to borrow 50000 from your 401k uh, at a time. But if you're buying a personal residence, some companies allow you to borrow more. So, so I'm, re- I'm retired. I'm not with the company anymore. So you're not with the company anymore, so you're retired. So you can't take a loan. Okay. Well, that's a problem. Uh yeah, you know, if you took $100,000 out of a 401k, um, and how old are you? 67. 67. So if you took 100000 out, I would expect it to cost you at least 30% of what you take out. So in other words, if you wanted to net $100,000, you would have to take 150 to be able to pay all the taxes and still end up with a net one hundred thousand dollars. That's okay. and that's pretty. You have to take the taxes out, whether it's now or later. Is it worse taking it out now, or just let let they come out through the regular cycle? Well, I would have them come out when I take the money out, so that you know it's done. If you're going to do that, but I would discourage you from doing that because that's a that's a heck of a tax bite to take. Yeah, that's to, a hit. Purchase a you know purchase a house, um, no other options, eh? Now we're on a, you know Social Security and a little bit of my, you know what I have in my retirement fund, um, right? So, you know, and you've never owned a house. Uh, we did own a house. We sold it two thousand twenty. Okay, and what happened to the proceeds that you got? So that's still in our savings. Okay, so why don't you just use that to buy the house and borrow the money and then just take a little out of your 401k every year to pay the mortgage? Yeah, that might be the way we have to go. It's a, it's a bit of a fixer-upper, so I've got, I want to use about, you know, about half of that for the deposit and the rest towards the, uh, you know, the fix-up of the house. Well, you know, you can get a mortgage company that will give you a loan to buy the place and a fixer-upper loan, and then consolidate it all into one big loan when you're finished. Oh, you can do two separate. That's all I heard about. All I've heard about so far is the uh, renovation loans. Yeah, but I mean, you, yeah, you can definitely take a loan where they'll lend you the money to buy the place, and they'll also in the loan have money for you to renovate the place. And then they consolidate it all into one final loan. 
Yeah, that's uh, that sounds what we're what we're doing now. The, the other the other money that we were thinking about taking out was just in case we had to buy a home that was more expensive that I guess probably really can't afford. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm you know I hate to be the bearer of bad news for you, but I think if you use the money you have to put your twenty percent down and then borrow the rest of it. Um, that's the way to go, and then use your 401k, your retirement money, to pay that loan. That's going to be the better way to go. All right, that makes sense. That's good. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Okay, great. Mark, thanks for calling. Take care. Take care. Okay, uh, we are right up against another uh, traffic uh, report. So we've got uh, Rich and Chuck coming on the line. So stay with us, and uh, we'll be back uh, in a few minutes with Money, Riches, and Wealth. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. And we're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're here on the final quarter of the show doing it from my cell phone, but uh, we're still getting it done, right, Chris? Yes, sir. Um, yes, we are. We have a couple people online, right? We sure do. It's been wall-to-wall tonight, so thanks, everybody, for calling. We've got uh, Rich, Chuck, and Will, so we're going to go to Rich next. Hi, Rich. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Mr. Tignanelli and Mr. O'Shea. My question, I'm shifting gears to insurance, homeowners or cars, but right now, tonight, I'm worked up about homeowners insurance in Baltimore City with the rate increases on the insurance. And other than inflation, which I can buy, even though I don't like it, the rate increases is overwhelming. And they punish you in Baltimore for my company right now, some of the companies, full replacement value is required by the company for the state of Maryland. I don't know if the government's involved. Or what. Do you have any suggestions for how homeowners in Baltimore City, Maryland, USA, can try to obtain quality insurance at reasonable cost without being ripped off so much. Uh, I don't know if I'm explaining myself, but... Yeah, it, no, I understand exactly what you're, you're saying, because um, Baltimore City has always been a problem for any kind of insurance, auto insurance, home insurance, and uh, the best suggestion I could say is sell, sell and get the heck out of Baltimore City. Um, but that doesn't work for you, does it? Um, um, you know, I, I, you know, I haven't found good companies for the city, tell you the truth. And, and, uh, it, it is a problem. Um, if you were outside the beltway, I could give you a few companies to consider, but inside the beltway, it becomes very difficult. Yeah, I, I'm aware of that. And that, that also bugs me, but, uh... I thought I'd call and ask somebody who would know better than me because I'm ready to see the wagons. Well, trust me, we look all the time and we're thinking all the time because we have clients in the city and we don't like the cost that they're hitting them with and so forth. For auto insurance, we're finding that as much as I dislike GEICO, GEICO is about as good as it gets in the city for auto insurance. But homeowner's insurance, you know, it's a, it's a mixed bag. You can occasionally find pockets of the city where somebody's competitive in, uh, but for the most part, it's a tough market. Oh, very much. I can understand that. 
Well, thank you yep. for listening to my question. Yes, sir, Rich. I thank, wish thank, I could have given you better info, you know? Sure. Thank you. All right, Take sir. Care, Good night. Okay, moving on. We've got uh, Chuck next up. So, hi, Chuck. Welcome to the show. Hi. Um, I was just calling to, uh, I'm 30 years old, and I have always worked since I was before 18. I've, I've had a full-time job, and I've been putting contributing money to an IRA as well as a Roth IRA. Great. And I'm, I'm getting married soon, and I just don't really know, like, the next steps like as far as planning, you know, retirement stuff, if if I should just, you know, keep contributing to like work only stuff, start stuff outside of my work only stuff or what the what the, you know, next steps really are as far as well, planning your the, retirement. Uh, when you get married, you know, the you know, you have to do a combination of things. You need to always focus on your company plans first and foremost. OK. Because uh-huh. your company plans normally match. You want to at least get the match always, first and foremost. Uh, but most companies now offer a Roth 401k. And uh, Roth 401k is usually the way you want to go. There are exceptions to that. But Roth 401k is usually the way you want to go. And you also want to look to see if you can get a health plan that's called a high-deductible health plan with a health savings account you ever heard of a health savings account yes uh my fiance currently has that through her work um my company that i work for is rather small so we don't really have those kind of options you know they should a small company should more have it than even a large company to be honest so by, with you so it's by small company i mean there's like three of us so our current thing is um we go through, we get our own health insurance and get reimbursed through the company. Yeah, well, then that's even more, that you can get a health savings plan, a high-deductible uh-huh. health plan with a health savings plan. If that's what you're doing, that's perfectly fine. Now, your wife, you know, your, your fiancé, you know, you say she has a health savings account, but there's also a thing called a flexible spending health savings account. That's different than a health savings account. If she's putting... $3,750 in it last year, then it is a health savings account. She can only put 2700 in it, then it's a flexible spending account, and she has to use it before the end of the year. That's a flexible spending account. And you don't want that. You want a health savings account. Very important. And it will be the best thing you've ever done. Um, those are two things. And then if you still have money to save after that, then you start focusing on your Roth IRAs. And you also have to make sure that you have the right kind of insurance. Um, Stick with term insurance for protecting your family when you start having a family. Don't get fooled into these agents that will come and say, oh, look at this wonderful, and you're going to have a trillion dollars when you're 65, and you'll protect your family. It won't cost you anything to buy the insurance and all this garbage. Just buy a good, cheap term policy that if, God forbid, you were to pass away, you take care of your family. That's a, a good quickie 101, I would say. Okay. I appreciate it. Um, and if you ever want to call help. our office and just ask questions, you know, we're always open to do that, and we'd be more than happy to give you some some advice if you want, okay? And no cost, okay. just, you know, to have somebody to talk to once, Okay. 
All right, awesome. Thank you very much. Okay, great. Thanks, Will. Thanks All for right. calling. Take care. Okay, uh, we have uh, three open phone lines or, or more, um, 410-922-6680. And in the meantime, we're going to go to Will in Pikesville. Hi, Will. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Um, I was wondering, Drew, can you please clarify when I should expect to get a 1099-R? I've been consolidating my um, IRAs, and I was expecting to get that from some of these companies, and yet when I call them and say, we don't have to send it to you because it's a trustee-to-trustee account. Can you, uh, like I said, can you please um, explain all this? So... I think what they're saying is that you might have moved money from one IRA to another. Yes. Well, the, they don't require a 1099-R because that's called a trustee-to-trustee transfer, and there is no reporting requirement if you do it direct from trustee-to-trustee. Okay. Now, can the same be said for a 401k? No. That's called a direct rollover. You will get a 1099-R from them. So if you go from 401k to IRA, you get a 1099R code G, which says that it's a direct rollover. But when you go from IRA at Vanguard to IRA at Schwab to trustee to trustee transfer, there is no reporting requirement. Ah, okay. I got confused. Thank you so much. Not a problem. I understand it is confusing, this industry. I think they do this just to confuse the average person, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Okay, great. Right. Thanks, Bill. Thanks Good for calling. Question. Okay, Drew, I we don't have any open... time. Uh, well, yeah, we've got uh, about two minutes. So I thought I'd just relay the fact that I uh, had a uh, meeting today with somebody, and uh, we didn't do their taxes, but they, they brought them in for us to review them. And, uh, and like you said, when we look at returns, sometimes it's not too late to do something. So the first thing, we found that um, the person... Uh, used a 1099-G from the state of Maryland from 2022 and actually put it on their 23 tax return. So it was a 21 incident reported on their 22 return, and the person added it in. So that's going to save them some money. And then we looked at it, and she hadn't expected, but she um, had $16,000 of W-2 income last year. So she was going to owe about $1,600, net, between federal and state, and we said, well, once you just put money into an IRA, max out your IRA um, so with some of the cash that you've got in your savings account, and uh, to boot, you're going to uh, it's going to reduce your taxes. So we put money into it. We're going to put money into a deductible IRA, correct a tax return, and save her some money. Yeah, well, but you know, the IRA issue, you can only do that if you have either no pension plan outside, you have no employer pension plan, or your income's below a certain level. Correct. So she must have met those requirements. No, that's correct. Oh, that's correct. And it was just a part-time job. Yeah. So then that's perfect. Part-time jobs normally don't have uh, pension plans. And so you were absolutely right. That's that's what you're going to do. Reduce the income and boom. Next thing you know, their taxes come down. Yeah, you know what you're doing. You know, that's the problem is you got to know what the numbers are saying and what you can do still, you know? Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hurrah. Um, so anyway, we are we are just about out of time. That was a full show, Drew. Um, you pulled yeah, it off uh, once really again. Rolling, Chris. And you had some different uh, had some different questions than what we normally get. Yeah, they were different questions. I should have tech problems more often. 
<laughs> yeah, tech and rain. But as soon as you said, hey, the, the lines are open, uh, they start to call in. So good to be with you, sir. All right. Well, you have a great night tonight. Anita, I appreciate all your help. I, sorry I can't talk to you directly. You know, um, And we'll uh, just say this Drew Tignanelli saying God bless. It must be early. It, uh, she's coming. It is. There's the there there's go. the music there. So, we'll see y'all. Bye. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>